you know, if those steel beams were just had some pavers propped up on the ground holding them up, there's really no strength at all in, in any of it. That the strength of, of it is what's deep down, it's the unseen. It's the, um, and I feel like the Holy Spirit is present this morning for, I feel like he's wanting to undermine the demonic strongholds that may be over you and your family. But I felt like he said in a way that he wants to do it deep underground. You know, so much of what we, not so much, I hope not, but a lot of kind of maybe what has been a, a criticism of, of the church maybe in recent, recent years is that like the stuff gets done on, on stages or it's filmed and put out in promotional videos. Um, but I really felt like the Holy Spirit said this morning, he wants to do a deep, quiet, secret work that you will see generations of heartache or, or sickness or, or um, strongholds fall in your life or fall off the life of your children. And you'll see your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren live a life that has no, that, that doesn't even come into the context of who they are. But I feel like the Holy Spirit said he wants to do it now and he wants to do it in quiet. And it's just like, say, if the foundations of this were undermined and none of us would know straight away. Is But he, I feel like he said there's going to be a season come of a storm and you're going to see the strongholds blown over, knocked out, taken away. And he wants to remind you that it happened now in the quiet, in the still, where no one else knew. So if that's for you, I'm not, you don't, don't even respond, don't even raise your hand, but I'm just going to pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your incredible power. We thank you for the power that we see when you move in, in kind of amazing ways. But we thank you for the power when you move in ways that no one knows. So right here, right now, we say yes to you, Holy Spirit. We say yes to the power that you have to undermine strongholds in people's lives, in families, in the stories of families' lives that have gone on from generation to generation, that have caused pain, that have caused heartache, that have caused brokenness. And we thank you that this morning you are undermining the very powers and strongholds of those things and that they will fall. Thank you that we can trust you in the secret, quiet places. Amen. Wonderful. So we're trialing a new um, sound system and everything, so um, that's why I've got this thing on, which feels like, back in the day, like a retainer. Like, it feels like I should have, like, a mouth guard on or something, but um, I feel like I'll be more 
disconcerted than you will. Well, I would have until I just said that. Now all you're going to see me is the... And then I did think later, I hope my... Oh, that's all right. I was thinking, shoot, will I be able to wear my glasses? Um, but welcome to Maharangi Vineyard. We, we had a very special Sunday last, last week, which was our kind of big grand opening um, to, to this new home. And it was wonderful, as you see the, the video that we had, it was wonderful to be able to celebrate... And I think Angela and I, in, in reflection, we've been kind of running around like chickens with our heads cut off, probably, and it's probably just as messy, too, but, um, but just sort of running around. It's been pretty crazy, but in the little moments of we've had of being able to just sort of pause and consider and sort of try not to let the busyness of the, of the time um, run away with us, we have just really been um, quite, it's been kind of very special to think about um, last Sunday and really the significance of it. For us, we sort of were saying we've led now Maharangi Vineyard for 15, 16 years. Um, and I think there really hasn't been a more significant Sunday for us um, personally than, than last Sunday. And it really was um, wonderful um, to be able to, to gather together, to be able to celebrate I felt like it was God's just overwhelming kindness that, that that was also the Sunday that two people gave their life to Jesus. You know, like that's, that's the definition of, of celebration. There we go. A couple of people around here are excited about that, but just FYI, that's kind of what we're in for. You're like, just, just so you know, that's our goal. Um, and so, so that was just so wonderful. Um, but, but I was sort of in, in, in kind of reflecting on all of it. I was, it, you know, for us and for many people involved, it really is the fact of being here is, is genuinely a miracle. Like it really genuinely is. And, and I think for, for me personally, um, it is just a, it's a tangible, wonderful outworking of what, what it truly looks like to trust God, um, even when our circumstances and our situations are not really backing that trust or that... Um, or those choices it really is the thing of John Wimber used to always have these great little one-liners. He's the guy that sort of founded um, Vineyard. Um, he's faith is spelled R-I-S-K, risk. And so, um, yeah, it was just sort of I can remember back to when, when we, when I very first spoke about what it would be to be a people who who ran toward or flew toward opportunity and there was a list of kind of different things that we had i can totally remember still writing my note and i wrote like a home a, a home for maharangi vineyard um and i put that like sort of third or fourth in the list and i thought oh i'll just skip it out on the day because it feels so ridiculous like it genuinely was like so when when you see that faith the size of a mustard seed I feel like that's Jesus being super generous to me in my faith level that what it was like then. Like that's really, like I genuinely thought, oh, I'll just, I'll see how I go on the day. And then I remember being totally freaked out that we did slides to it. And it was like, oh, shoot, it's on a slide. I've got to say it now. Oh, oh well, you know, I've looked like a moron before. I can do it again. You know, like uh, here we go. And so, um, so be, a fee be encouraged by the level of faith that, that has come into the foundations of, of having our own home. But one of the things that, that we, I have been reflecting on in the midst of sort of being here and, and doing renovations and doing bits and cleaning and painting and all of that is just, the, um, just God's wonderful faithfulness to us as his people. 
Um, and just really the profoundness of, you know, like I will, this is, this is definitely about uh, having a home, but it's so much more than that. And I, I was thinking of the more for, for me personally is I have a deeper understanding, or you now have leaders as in, in Andrew and I, but as a leadership team as well, you have leaders who have who more now believe in the power of God to do the impossible than ever before. And that's wonderful. Like, because you can't go anywhere if the leader's not willing. You know what I mean? That's the whole point of a leader is you've got to be able to go somewhere and bring people along with you. That's, you know, again, John Wimber used to say, uh, um, a leader is someone who goes somewhere and takes people with them, you know, like, or you're not a leader if no one's following you. And so what I'd love for this season to be more than that is that I would lead us or we would as a team, lead us into the impossible. Lead us into, into places where we, we know that God is able to do more than we could ever hope or imagine. And that's, that's in this tangible expression, but what is that for you? What is that for our relationships, for the things that we long for, the things that we hope for, the things that, that, are, that break our hearts in the situations we find ourselves in? We can believe that God can do more than we ever hope or imagine. It is a profound season for us that is filled with abundant opportunities. There's so much that God can do. I loved on Friday, we were here sort of moving around and painting and doing bits and pieces and youth have started, Jacob has started leading youth on a Friday. And so immediately after school, kids are coming up from Maharingan College they're eating a, I think, their own body weight in food before youth even start. And then, of course, there's a meal as well. But what better thing? Who wants, you know, like what a better thing to put our energy and our time and our money into than feeding the bottomless pits that are youth stomachs? I won't even look in that general direction. But what I loved was hearing hearing the dreams of our youth already. I, one thing as I was walking past, it's like, oh, we could have a pizza oven out there. Or we could do a basketball court over there. Or we could do this. Like, do you know how good that is? Like, isn't it worth every bit of struggle? Every bit of energy, every bit of time, every bit of money? Speaking of money, we need a basketball court, FYI. There's just there's a space just over here. There's some, um, there where there's some empty, you see some piles in the ground there that used to be the previous sort of food bank area is a perfect half court size basketball area right on the other side of the parking lot. Planting the seed. So we have, we have incredible opportunity, and yet I wanted to make a note, for I guess from a pastoral point of view, is that we also have an incredible, um, there is incredible possibility for the enemy of our soul to, to come in in times just like this. The scripture says, like, uh, beware of the, the little foxes that spoil the vine. You know, this is a prime opportunity where we can let, we can let um, offenses we can let um, disagreements, we can let our own personalities or, or even just diff even bigger things, let those things come between us and, call and, and cause a wedge. 
And so I want us to be, as a people, incredibly vigilant to pray, to be gracious to one another, to love one another, love that scripture that was shared this morning, to, to love one another, because that's what we're called to do. That's who we're called to be. And so really this season, um, and, and when I was thinking about season, I also then realized, I, I realized heartbreakingly on Friday that Wednesday was Ash Wednesday. And if you know, know me at all, I have loved leaning into the, the church calendar and some of the traditions that have been going on for centuries. Um, and so, so we really, as the church, Big C Church, we are in this season of Lent. And, and I wanted to just sort of pull those two things together a little bit this morning and really have an opportunity to, to share a wee bit. And I'm going to have to quickly edit because I've got a few things that we really definitely want to share with. But Lent as a whole, if you don't know, Lent is, a, is 40 days from Wednesday, what was, up until till Easter. And it is a time of really genuinely about repentance. Now, that may be a word that we use a lot or one that we don't necessarily use, but repentance quite simply is about changing direction. And we, when we're talking about this season of Lent, it is a Holy Spirit-empowered turning from maybe wherever we're going or whatever we're looking at, and it's the Holy Spirit empowering us to turn back to the living, loving God. It is a turning around and is a reconnecting, if we're going to use this created for connection theme, it is Lent as a time, as an opportunity that we can again focus our attention, our connection to, our, to, to God. It is not about self-help. It's not about sort of giving something up. You know, all the lolly lovers in the room with sigh of relief. You know, it's not about just doing something out of it. That's a component of it. But if you don't understand the why behind it, it just becomes a, uh, you know, an exercise in self-will. But it's about turning our attention to who God is and what he's like. Lent reminds us of the never-ending source of God's grace and his mercy, and his forgiveness for us. As I said before, how wonderful was it that we got to celebrate um, yes, last week, but we also got to see two people who came face to face for the very first time, the grace and the love and the forgiveness of God. That happened last week. But what Lent reminds us is, is that that happened over and over and over again in our faith journey. How easy is it for us? It's a question to slip into the mindset of this whole thing is about me being better. We say in our family, be less bad. <laughs> you know, that's not what Lent is about, being less bad. Lent is a reminder of it is always, always about God's grace. It is always about his mercy and his forgiveness. It's so easy to slip into, into the mindset that we, we've got to earn God's love. We've got to work for his favor. And so Lent is a way of reminding us that, that God's grace is new for us every morning. That our invitation daily, sometimes hourly, sometimes minutely, is is to turn to him again. 
again, turn to him, no matter what it is that's, that's fighting for our attention, is that we turn to him. We look to him. I was going to read um, out of Luke um, 4, which is just Jesus in, in the reading, but I think I'm going to just pause that because I, I want to um, invite Selena up in a minute. But really what it is is, is a Lenten reading of Jesus who immediately had gone, um, he'd gone down to the River Jordan and was baptized, and he had that incredible moment of, of the, the heavens opening, Scripture says, and a voice saying, this is my son. You know, talk about a talk about a, a wow moment, and then immediately um, in in Luke chapter four, Jesus is led by the filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus returned from the Jordan River, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where he would be tempted by the devil for forty days. Jesus ate nothing for all of the time that he was there, and then I'll kind of leave that there, but. How incredible that the Holy Spirit of God, Jesus being filled, the Son of God being filled with the Holy Spirit, is led into the wilderness, into, into the place of, of, of loneliness, the place of struggle, the place of pain. And I just think, oh, how much of our world, how much of, of the industries of our world are built on the very thing of trying to numb us or keep us out of those lonely places. How many substances have been created to keep us from feeling the very place that Jesus is led by the Spirit to? The lonely place, the wilderness. Selena, why don't you come on up? One of the things that we have... um, one of the things that we've sort of come to realize in, in all of our moving into, into this new home, moving into um, carrying on really the spiritual legacy of, of this place, which is 160 years of, of worshiping Jesus, of following him. But w- this, is, this is our new home. But in the renovation and the talking, we've realized that this is more than just our home. It actually is the home of some other people in our community who call this place, particularly Wilson Hall, home. And I wanted Selena just to come up and share a little bit about that, if you can. Thanks. Do you want my seat? I've got it warm for you. There you go. A little wisdom and a bit of English, so here I am. <laughs> On Tuesday, I think it was the 6th of September, it was
um, in the new transition of ownership. They had been mental health recovered. I realised then that we were new to this place and we were new to this community. But there was, as Lenya said, there was already community in, in this place before us. So that very, very first night, and I think that's pretty special, the very first night, the Tuesday, the 30th of January, as had been done for many years prior to that, about 22-ish locals chose to put their recovery first and meet for an NA meeting up in the Wilson Hall. Now, NA, is, if you're not aware, is Narcotics Anonymous. So as for each of the miracle steps that Lyndon was alluding to, to me, I came to realise that that too was a part of this miracle step journey, that that moment in time was me realising that we were coming to create community in new and fresh ways potentially, but there was already community here for us to lean into as well. Pretty special. Uh, just as a, a little aside, I can't help but think, I've done some homework on this, I can't help but think that Barbara and Sarah Wilson, who were the beautiful women who donated the money um, for the Wilson Hall that we get to enjoy now, uh, are not smiling down knowing that community and connections are still con continuing in, this, in their halls. Anyway, Narcotics Anonymous has, about, uh, has over 100 meetings held throughout New Zealand. Um, they are confidential meetings, they're hallmarks. They, a hallmark of the meetings is the holding of every person's integrity, each person as unique and, and each on a journey. They come by choice. No one has to come. They're choosing to come to put their recovery first. Um, and you know, after the, uh, on the journey uh, of the effects of addiction. They do this through a 12-step program. Um, and I just would say up front, NA attendees recover. They support each other and they recover. So the NA meetings, um, just, just for a little gentle awareness, they start and end with a prayer. And um, here's where I get to my NA roots now. Um, the NA prayer that we start with here and, and end with says, God, Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. The, um, the meetings work through and the attendees work through a 12-step program. And I just thought I'd note again, just to, so you can learn and uh, understand a little, step three along this journey says that we make a decision that the attendees make a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understand him. Now we've just, spoke, we've just sung about how we understand him. He's big deal. Think of that. As I said, NA attendees recover through support and, and connection. My personal experience um, in being invited along to attend um, I was welcomed as a community member. This was an open meeting uh, as an NA, registered NA group. Um, I shared that I was a Maharanga Vineyard community supporter. I was humbled by the words. I was humbled by the honesty in the room. I was humbled by the messiness in the room, if all felt right. And um, 
I just I was humbled by just the the welcome and just the things that came out. Um, but I was further humbled by the light of hope, the light of hope that was tangible. I could feel it in the room, in this in the house. I was in Hillsong. We had prayed in that hall, and I felt the prayers sitting there. I felt them just holding me and and feeling the elements of a person in that room. Last week, um, a lovely quiet gentleman came up to me. He's called Andrew Ellis. It's a closed meeting. And he came up and he was waiting on the side. And I could see him. And he very quietly just, I could see that he wanted to say something. And he said, and everyone else had gone. He said, I have been attending NA meetings for my recovery for 24 years. He said, and for those 24 years, most of those meetings have been held in church halls because it, it, it works that way. There's other community halls as well, but many of those for him and his experience had been in a church hall. And this one was one of those very special places because they, they called this his home ground because this is where he found recovery in, in that home. And he said, so I just wanted to share with you, in all of those 24 years, I never, ever, ever had the had someone come from the community to be a part of that to, to do that connection and I I sat I stood there actually just feeling so humbled that with the support of Wendy and Andrew and the leadership team and you that we can be here and that we have an opportunity here to create and deepen and further that con- connection uh, you know through through the local members of our community we have a choice we have opportunity to, as I say, to create those communities and those connections as well. So through relationship, through prayerful support, because we need that for fellowship in the room, and through practical support, we can just show the humanness of who we are to the humanness of, of who, other, who, t- who choose to walk in the room and put their actions and words. So on the 30th of January, um, that Tuesday, um, I saw a love that was, you know, a bigger table. We've talked about that. We've got a bigger table here. And um, I, I think we've got opportunity to, to take that a little further. So um, one of the things that uh, we've been leaning into and thinking about is um, a meal for our community, uh, a coming together as a community. And I'm just going to um, close now by, by throwing that out or sharing that with you. But I'd love to be able to host a meeting on our behalf or just bring people together in a relationship prior to that NA meeting. We have men and women coming. Um, they, are, they love to know who we are. They would love to stay in the hall and continue their journey of recovery. And I'd love to create some more community around that, a, a community of support and love. So we're going to look to to bring um, some food for, for people to come around that bigger table um, on a Tuesday uh, evening um, prior to them, uh, I suppose in that week, prior to them going on into, into their regular um, NA meetings. So I think it'll be a great opportunity to, mm. to consider that. Um, and um, I don't know, are you going to share a bit further about the practicalities yeah. of that, Lyndon? Or yep. um, but, but one of those practicalities are if anyone has any big... Baking or cooking or things like that. Here's an opportunity for you to just enable into our community and just show the community who you are as the strength of these individuals 
tend to put their recovery first and tend to come into into the house and help to do that. Thanks. Yeah. It, it feels like from for us, we have had, um, you know, there's so many very tangible, um, wonderful benefits to the to the building. Um, this just felt like a wonderful, um, tangible spiritual opportunity that we hadn't actually even quite known was there. And so what we want to be able to do is start doing a community lunch on, on a din dinner, sorry, I keep saying lunch, but um, dinner on, on Tuesday night. It'll be a really short time, time-wise, as far as, Selena, what, what are we looking time from? S 6 to 6.45, and then we, we clear out and they be able to carry on having the meeting. And then ultimately, too, what we'd love to be able to do is with um, getting some takeaway um, boxes that we can have um, food for, for those guys to take away into, into their week ahead. So just a really simple way of, again, an opportunity that's been put right before us that we haven't really even done anything about it. It's been really powerful to know that um, one of the guys said to Selena, like, this is my, this is my home. This is where I came clean. Like, and, and, and it's sort of like, oh, we get the privilege of being part of his home now. Isn't that wonderful? I think it is. But um, so, yeah, sorry. It's a bit of a disjointed Sunday, but I really I didn't want to um, go long and, and miss out on that. So why don't we stand? And I'd like to. Um, I'd like to pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for kind of just even throughout the morning we've been kind of presented with invitations. And so this morning I pray right now, I pray, Holy Spirit, would you just rest heavy on the invitations that have exp been extended to us this morning on which ones we are to say yes to. whether our situations and our circumstances back that yes wholeheartedly or whether they scream in opposition to it, like how in the world could you do that? How in the world could you be part of that? Either way, right now we say yes to you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we ask that our yes would be followed up by a Holy Spirit-empowered turning toward that yes. That it wouldn't just be another hollow yes or a yes that's been rocked up because of situation, you know, because of the event. But it would be a deep yes. It would be a yes that's translated into the way that we, we live. A yes that shifts the way we are, the way we spend our time, our energy, and our money. A yes that grows within us. That produces great fruit, fruit that we could never grow on our own.
wonderful. Hey, so now I've got a text um, from Nikki Chapman to say that morning tea 